What's up, Rams fans? Welcome back into Rams Showcase. On this episode of Rams Showcase, we take a quick peek on what was a weird week one, and then we move on. On to week two, where the Falcons are headed to LA. We will preview that full matchup. And later on, Seattle sits alone in first place in the NFC West. Weird. Before we get started, make sure you follow the Rams Showcase and myself on all your favorite social media outlets. That would be at Rams Showcase or at Sheriff Joe Bags. Rams Showcase also does have t-shirts. They are available for sale right now. Instructions on how to purchase are available in the description below, no matter where you can hear me. We'll also talk about that here in just a little bit. New merch also headed your way soon. All right, let's go ahead and hop right on into it. So just a quick look back onto week one. Um, this season, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time looking back on the previous game uh, simply because I feel like you know what happened. You probably watched. It's also by the time that this is uh, releasing, uh, the game has been over for a little bit. So uh, just a couple of notes that I wanted to discuss. So Jalen Ramsey absolutely getting toasted by the internet right now. And maybe this is just my Joe brain working here, or maybe I'm trying to find other things that are not necessarily there. But I think Taylor Rapp is definitely more to blame than Jalen Ramsey in the secondary in this game. And if you look at the plays back, uh, there's a lot of times that it felt like there should have been a safety over the top and then Rapp was nowhere to be found or he's coming into frame late uh, trying to chase somebody down. But there was a few plays there uh, that are being credited to Jalen Ramsey, where it looks pretty clear to me that uh, we were in zone coverage. And Jalen, if he were playing that deep anyway, he technically would have been out of position. Then there's also that one where he uh, he he went for for Josh Allen on the rollout and then left his his area behind him open. Um, but that's also a situation where, as the safety Taylor Rapp, you need to be able to see that and then rotate in the secondary. So. I think that uh, Taylor Rapp playing 100% of defensive snaps, I have so many questions about that. And of course, I'm not here to break down tape, and I'm also not here to say that my opinions are the end-all be-all, that I'm correct no matter what the situation is. But I am so confused at what the coaching staff is seeing in Taylor Rapp. We haven't seen him make a good play in over a year, so I, I, I'm confused by it. To see uh, Jordan Fuller, I hate to say the line, I hope that it's injury, um, but to see him get about 30% of the snaps while Taylor Rapp is getting hundred percent, I, I just, I personally don't get it. But if Taylor Rapp is going to be that guy, then I would at least like to see him play a lot better because, uh, we haven't really seen that yet from him. Uh, he's just been playing, uh, just extremely average in my mind. And, uh, we haven't seen him make any progressions, uh, as far as getting better either. So yeah, Jalen Ramsey, I don't think he necessarily played well. But I think that a lot of the blame that he's getting right now should absolutely be credited uh, towards uh, Taylor Rapp, who I think had probably the worst game of any Ram on the team. Um, also, let's keep in mind, I don't know what the play calls were. So maybe it was all Jalen Ramsey. That is 100% possible. I don't know what the coaches are telling them uh, as far as where they need to be positioned or uh, what they're seeing. I, I don't know what the play call was. So maybe it is Jalen Ramsey just getting absolutely burnt. But um, I. I also take the approach. I will defend Jalen Ramsey because I think he's I think he's the best uh, cornerback in, in the NFL today. And him having one bad game also, I don't think defines anything, just like the entire team having one bad game. I don't think it defines anything. We're not going to we're not walking away from week one saying, well, I guess our chances of repeating are over. That's just not the case. We got 16 more regular season season games to go, and I'm sure plenty more after that, at least a couple of more after that. Um, like I said, though, Fuller being the third safety. 
and uh, rap getting 100% of the snaps, it's the best way I can say it is laughable. I, I don't get it. I just, I don't. And if, if you have something that I'm maybe missing, please just comment or something. Cause I, I, I don't know what I'm, what I'm missing here. I, I, I don't see it in Taylor rap and uh, these coaches do though. So I really hope that he turns it around and that he can play some good football. But right now I just don't think that that's happening. Offensive line got absolutely torched all day long. Just totally smoked. There was that one play. Uh, you may have seen it. that cam Akers. Uh, the, the defender gets by David Edwards, the left guard, and then Cam Akers makes a full on business decision and just pieces out of there. And that just looked bad. I mean, you can't really have that, but also David Edwards got to hold that block. He's one of the, the guys that we kind of looked at is like, okay, well, at least left guard is a solid position. Right tackle is a solid position. Uh, center, we felt decent about. Uh, it's just that left tackle and right guard. And it was like, all right, we're good. And then Edwards has given up plays like that. But uh, the entire offensive line individually, they all played poorly. It's you can't play well as a unit and then play uh, play poor. Like, what am I trying to say here? You can't each play well and then the unit plays poorly. That's just not how it works. That doesn't make any sense. So uh, to see each individual guy and they each had their their plays where they played well, but you can't just cherry pick you know, a one play where Noteboom took out Von Miller of the of the play and you say, well, uh, Noteboom had a good game because no, he didn't. You know what I mean? So we just got to look at it as a whole. Um, I think that some people, when they when they think that they are film breakdown people, uh, they'll they'll pick out different plays and say, well, they overall played they played well. But winning three plays does not mean that you overall played well. So that offensive line definitely has to play a lot better. Uh, that was just not good. The run game also simply just has to be better. And I know that that offensive line didn't play that well, but you have to find a way to get some more space. Daryl Henderson taking so much of the snaps did surprise me. Uh, seeing Brandon Powell take some carries, that surprised me as well. Cam Akers, the comments that were made after the game uh, by Sean McVay about Cam Akers, that's what surprised me. To just saying that he needed more accountability. Uh, don't be surprised if we see more Jake Funk this week, as uh, we also did lose Kyron Williams. Just overall, just not a good day. That's the simplest way I can put it. It just wasn't a good day. Stafford, hopefully he doesn't get that Megatron syndrome where you have a superstar wide receiver, so you just force the ball to them. Only two targets for Allen Robinson. Got to get that mixed up as well. And then uh, one other thing that I, de I definitely wanted to mention was Leonard Floyd covering Stephon Diggs on a third down in the third quarter. Uh, that definitely gave me some emotions that I remembered from last year, uh, early season towards Raheem Morris, where he just started the season extremely soft and it looks like that's what's happening now. So hopefully we do see the same process where as the season goes on, we play a little bit more tough and uh, the play calls are not so conservative on the defensive side. But right now I would expect to see that uh, simply because that's the history of Raheem Morris. That's who he is. Uh, that's also exactly why I refused after the strong playoff run to completely give in and say, all right, I'm team Raheem now because I I wanted to see the start of this season. And so far, we're seeing a lot of what we saw last year of what made me so frustrated about uh, Raheem Morris and, and the way that he calls his defense just real soft. And you can't play that way, especially when you have a team like the Buffalo Bills who have a lot of talent on their roster. So you just can't do it. And also, let's leave Nick Scott alone. All right. <laughs> uh, Josh Allen has six inches and 40 pounds on Nick Scott. What happened was what was supposed to happen. And also, are we forgetting that Nick Scott made the he ended the play? So I don't I don't see why he's getting uh, absolutely torched right now. But uh, Nick Scott, that's what's supposed to happen when a guy who has 40 pounds and six inches on you when he stiff arms you. That's what's supposed to happen. The best that you can do in that situation 
is grab on and bring him down with you. And that's what happened. So I don't think it was a bad play by Nick Scott. I think it was a good football play. All right, let's move on. The story on SoFi Stadium, the most wonderful place in the entire universe. It's my happy place. I absolutely love SoFi Stadium with my whole heart. But there's some comments still about SoFi Stadium, uh, mainly just with the fan bases, though. No one really gets angry at the venue uh, because the venue is perfect in, in just about every single way. Uh, but both the Rams and the Chargers needed to go on a silent count. Uh, and again, the media decides that this is a massive story that they need to uh, let everybody know about. But I also I would say that um, this is being overblown again. The city of Los Angeles is an attraction for people all over the country. It's also a hot spot for people moving. Um, of course, their 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 population is kind of in flux with people leaving, but people coming in. So what that means is you're going to have a wide mix of different fan bases. We're seeing it out here in Colorado. The Denver Broncos are known for having such a hardcore, loyal, incredible fan base. But even the Denver Broncos are seeing a lot more opposing fans lately. I can also speak for the Colorado Avalanche, where the Avs have had a great fan base since they arrived from Quebec. And uh, so... And we're now seeing that as well there where you, you just get a lot of opposing fans. And that's simply because Colorado is one of those places that people like to move to. So I don't think that that means that our fan base is weak. I don't think that that means uh, even the Chargers. I'll, I'll, I'll include them here, kind of take them under our wing just a little bit here uh, because we are obviously the L.A. team. The Chargers are kind of just like they're 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 the little brother. You know what I mean? They're kind of sitting back there. But so I'll include them as well. But. I don't think that uh, that this is any indication of like a poor fan base or anything like that, or like Rams fans got to stop selling their tickets to oppose it. Like it's, it's fine. Just, it, just you go then and you get loud. That's, that's the solution here is uh, don't just run to Twitter and get mad at everybody else for doing what maybe you're doing. Or if you're at home and then complaining about the, uh, the way that the crowd looks, go to the games. You know what I mean? That's what I did. I was mad about it too. I went to the game. I, it's, it's expensive. I get it. I live in Colorado, but uh, just that's um, you just got to get out there then. But that's the way LA is going to be. We're always going to have a bunch of opposing fans. It happens a lot. Even I'll even throw in the Colorado Rockies when the Dodgers are in town. That place is basically a Dodgers home game. I mean, for a couple of reasons, the Rockies hate happiness and they're not going to ever going to try to win. And, uh, we have a lot of people from California here. So, of course, the Dodgers are going to blow that place out. So it doesn't mean the Rockies have a bad fan base or anything like that. It's just uh, just uh, the way it is. But uh, that's that's what I think that what's happening here is that people are are covering this story to get clicks. And if you've seen my show for years, you know, I hate that. <laughs> All right. And a couple more things here. Uh, reports on an official visit for wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. did come out after the game. Uh, but let's keep in mind here what actually happened here. Let's just kind of pull pull on the, the reins just a little bit as OBJ is a free agent and wanted to participate in the festivities of the Super Bowl celebration, the banner being revealed, all that stuff. Uh, he wasn't allowed to do that simply because he was a free agent. So uh, he had to file that it was an official visit uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. So the the title of it being a visit was simply a formality and uh, OBJ coming to visit the uh, he crashed Sean McVay's wedding. Why was this a story? <laughs> All right. And uh, just some quick transactions uh, before we move on to our game preview. Uh, the Rams did sign Jeremiah Cologne to the active roster with that opening spot. They did sign uh 
Obushi to the practice squad hearing very good things about Odeo Obushi. So uh, maybe he'll he'll make an, an appearance onto the official roster or the active roster at some point during the season. Uh, but as for now, he will be on the practice squad. Also, long snapper Matt Overton did sign to the practice squad as well. That does raise some questions about Orzek and his uh, his his injury and how serious that might be. Uh, so Overton kind of coming in for some insurance. Uh, but he was signed to the practice squad. So it does kind of feel like Orzek is maybe still being evaluated as the week goes on. And maybe we'll see him play in this game. If not, we do have Matt Overton, who has played with Joe D, uh, Rams special teams coordinator before. Also running back Kyron Williams added to the IR, uh, which is extremely unfortunate, uh, especially the way that the Rams running game looks right now. Of course, uh, we've heard from Sean McVay that uh, the Cam Akers will get an opportunity this week, but expect to see a, a heavy dose of Daryl Henderson, and I would also expect Jake Funk, Funky Town, the Funk Train, uh, to also get some playing time. Uh, before we move on, I uh, just want to talk about the Ram Showcase t-shirts that are available right now. Uh, we have three different colors in two different styles. More merch is on the way, but right now, t-shirts is the way to go. Uh, what I will say is that you have no idea how much uh, purchasing a Ram Showcase t-shirt does help out the show. It means quite a bit to me, so uh, thank you for that. Uh, also, these shirts are awesome and uh, they're super soft and, and quality was definitely part of the conversation. So they are $25 a piece. Instructions on how to order will be in the description below, no matter where you are hearing me. But all you need to do to order is uh, contact aj.rsgear at gmail.com and uh, have a conversation with AJ. He'll get you all hooked up with all pro sports. Uh, so buy them and wear them and they're awesome. I promise. <laughs> Next up is the game preview. So don't, don't go anywhere. Welcome back into Rams Showcase. I am your host, Sheriff Joe Bags. All right. The Los Angeles Rams host the Atlanta Falcons in week two of the NFL season. That game takes place at SoFi Stadium this Sunday at 1.05 p.m. on Fox. We will put the distribution map up on screen for you. Audio listeners, I am Sorry, but uh, you can also head over to YouTube and subscribe to Ram Showcase, and then you get access to all of the visual aspects as well. So some of the things that we're kind of looking for in this game uh, with the Falcons and the Rams, both teams are 0-1, uh, coming off of losses that um, the the Falcons, they I mean, they blow leads. That's just kind of what the Falcons do. The Rams with an uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic big loss at home against the Buffalo Bills in week one. So feels like both of these teams will want to prove something uh, that they aren't done. Uh, but the LA Rams, like I said, coming off that big loss in week one, uh, how does this team respond to that? Do you get smoked in week one and then kind of like, you know, pity yourself a little bit? Or do you come in just ready to absolutely wreck some souls? You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I'm looking for in this Rams offense is, or uh, in the Rams team in general is the emotional response to that week one game because it wasn't good. So are they going to be more focused? Are they going to be angry? Are they going to be pitying themselves? Uh, it's going to be something to keep an eye on of just how this team actually does respond. Also, the Falcons, the the offense, they were firing pretty well. And Patterson, he looks like he could be a problem all year long for different teams, uh, especially matchup wise uh, throughout throughout the year. He's going to have some really strong matchups. So I mean, as far as like a fantasy player goes, I'm sure that's a pretty strong pick. I don't I'm not big fantasy football guy. I don't care who scores just as long as they're wearing Rams jerseys. Um, so uh, Patterson, though, that's uh, he played great and he's definitely going to be somebody to look out for that Falcons run game for sure. 
Uh, will the Rams defense do what they did last year and continue to play very soft early in the season? Uh, the playoff run, like I said, was definitely stout, but uh, I was very critical of Raheem Morris last year. And simply that was because of the beginning of the season, how soft the team started and the matchups that we saw uh, with Troy Reader covering Devontae Adams. That game was in November, though. Uh, and then in week one, we have Leonard Floyd covering Stephon Diggs on a third down. That kind of stuff just can't really happen. And I know that it can't be perfect every single time. But the way that I kind of view that is, would you rather burn a timeout and get the right matchup or just let the team have a first down? At this point in the game, it was still close enough where, I mean, this this it should have been taken care of because you basically just you're basically saying instead of us getting the ball back, why don't you guys just go ahead and keep on marching? So uh, that's one thing. My alarm's going off right now. And now it's not. All right. So uh, that's one thing, though, that we want to watch for as far as like Raheem Morris and that defense goes. Is this going to continue to be a problem with with matchup madness where he just like we see linebackers covering number one receivers and our team's going to keep seeing this and then just keep putting themselves in position to have that happen. And then the Rams need to be able to adjust. And I thought that that's what would happen with Bobby Wagner coming over. Hopefully we still see that at some point. And uh, with the beat up offensive line, can the Rams get the ball moving on the ground? This is going to be a huge question, probably for a good chunk of the season. Uh, currently worst running team in the entire NFL. And it's hard to locate anything that would be a reason for optimism as far as this getting changed in a timely manner. Kind of feels like the way that the Rams offensive line played in week one that it's going to be a little bit of a slow burn. And uh, hopefully by the end of the year, that is something that's fixed. But I don't think that's like a one week, like, oh, we just did this bad. Let's do it better this time. And we have some good teams to play against. Uh, a lot of teams with very strong pass rushes. And it's obviously the Buffalo Bills were one of those. So we got a big test up front. But uh, just in division alone, we have some, some teams with uh, really strong pass rushes. Uh, and then you also look at uh, the NFC or AFC West, who the Rams still have to play Chargers, Broncos, uh, Raiders all have really strong pass rushes. So that is going to be a concern all year long and something I'll probably talk about for a bulk of the season. Some players on the Atlanta Falcons who are former L.A. Rams. Uh, we have wide receiver Kaderil Hodge, who was a little bit of a preseason hero that one season. Um, very, very Nelson Spruce, Lance McCutcheon vibes of like crushing it in the preseason but then i don't want to throw like lance mccutcheon under that just yet because we haven't seen him in the regular season maybe he's awesome we don't actually know that uh, but it just has those vibes of um of a big preseason player but then when it comes to uh live bullets that i mean they're they're players i mean you know what i mean like they, they made it to the nfl they're good but um Kaderil hodge didn't really find a way to settle into the Rams roster and just kind of uh, fell off of it from there. And then linebacker coach Frank Bush who was the Rams linebacker coach from 2013 to, to 2016. That was under Jeff Fisher. So it was uh, with the Rams in their first year back in Los Angeles. The history of this matchup, the Rams do lead the all-time series 48, 30 and two. And uh, the Rams did win the most recent meeting between these two. That was in 2019. Uh, but lost the last five before that. Uh, the last home win for the Rams against the Falcons came in December of 2007. That was a 28-16 win for the Rams. And the Rams' longest win streak, they've done that. Uh, they've won seven straight two different times. Uh, the first seven were won by the Rams. And then between 99 and 03, 
which were some pretty damn good years for the Rams. Uh, and then the Rams are also 0-2 versus the Falcons in the postseason. This is not a postseason game, but the Rams lost the wild card round in 2017. That was that that first year for Sean McVay, uh, where uh, the Rams went 10-6, and and Jared Goff finally looked like he was a decent quarterback. Uh, made it to the playoffs, lost that game, unfortunately, but it was one of those where even though we lost in the playoffs right away, it was like, well, we did something here, though. We went from four and 12 to a double digit win team and into the playoffs, like kind of felt good after that. And then, of course, we kind of know what happened next year into the Super Bowl and all that. So uh, and then the 2004 season uh, lost in the divisional round to the Atlanta Falcons, 47 to 17. I remember this game so vividly. I remember where I was. I remember watching this game. I was wearing my Marshall Falk jersey. I remember when the Falcons scored first. And it was like, all right, this is a powerful team with Michael Vick, Warwick Dunn, and uh, Duckett as well. Uh, so they called him DVD. Uh, but I remember that. And then uh, I remember the Rams tied the game. I want to say it was Kevin Curtis who caught a touch. Maybe that's not right. But uh, caught a touchdown. It was 7-7. And I was like, we got this. We're going to do that. And then got absolutely smoked after that. So uh, fun times, though. I mean, it was fun to watch the game. I remember, uh, I just remember a, a lot about that day. I, I think I remember just about all Rams playoff games that I've watched and like where I was and all that stuff. Uh, it's fun. I like that. <laughs> all right, let's dig into the matchup. We have the Rams offense versus the Falcons defense. So overall, I mean, the Rams, uh, we're going to have a, a rough look at averages as far as this goes, uh, simply because we have one game. So it's not necessarily an average. It's just what you did last week. And uh, according to this matchup, it looks pretty snug as uh, both teams, as far as total yards go, are mid-20s. So nothing too crazy there. Passing the football, the Rams are 25th in the league, only 191, uh, where the Falcons defense is 18th in the NFL. Rams have the worst running offense, and uh, the Falcons not necessarily great against the run in week one as well. And then points being scored. Each are 27th and uh, not in a cool way as the Rams only put up 10, got shut out in the second half against the Bills and the Falcons giving up 27 to the New Orleans Saints. So we will see a shuffle along the offensive line. Now, Coleman Shelton is going to appear at center with Tremaine Ankrum getting the start at guard. So I'm excited to see Ankrum at this at this guard spot and see what he can bring to the table as far as a starter goes, because we've only seen him kind of sporadically. I'm also Wanted to see a little bit more vocal leadership from Rob Havenstein. This is his first time being a captain, so he's really only been captain for one game. And I don't know if it's me just being a jerk, but you can kind of tell. Um, I don't think that he ever had that moment where he like kind of rallied the guys uh, like an Andrew Whitworth would have. So I know that they're different people. We can't expect Rob Havenstein to do exactly what Andrew Whitworth did, but uh, I would like to just see a little bit more uh, vocalness out of Mr. Rob Havenstein. Cam Akers uh, starting the season at RB2 uh, and then being criticized by McVeigh as rough. And maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it also this all ties into me feeling like Cam Akers maybe won't be a Ram very long. And you know what? Maybe that's wrong. Maybe he's here for the long term. But based on him not getting the start over Daryl Henderson after now being healthy and having a, his first training camp in the NFL, uh, and then McVeigh openly criticizing him and saying he needs to he needs to just play harder. He needs to get more in there. I, that none of that sounds good. I know that. And Sean McVeigh doesn't do that very often. So could we see Cam Akers on the move? Wouldn't necessarily surprise me at this point, simply beca because of the the temperature in the room. 
uh, at this time. Also, um, I wouldn't be shocked to see another running back move as far as bringing somebody else in, whether that's a free agent or possibly a trade. We could see that as well. Allen Robinson has to be more involved into this offense. Simply put, we brought him here for a reason, right? So let's let him play some football at least because he was open quite a bit and Stafford just wasn't even looking his way. Cup is the best player or Cup was the best player on both sides of the football in week one. And that's absolutely awesome. But uh, we also have other good players. And if we let Cup just be that one guy, we're probably not going to win that many football games. We have a lot of superstars on this roster. We need to be able to utilize them. And uh, that'll 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 kind of open up everything. I mean, this team is good. We have a lot of strong players. So why is Cooper Cup the only one getting any action on offense? Uh, it's a great question that I cannot necessarily answer. And then play calling in week one left a lot of questions as well. Uh, be interested to see what changes are made in this department. Kind of just felt like the Rams at no point, even when it was tied 10, 10, it just, it just didn't feel like the Rams were on that day. So we also, we've seen this before. We've seen the Rams just have those days where you're just like, wow, this is just, it's not, nothing is going well for us. We saw it a few times last year. And uh, maybe this is one of those times where we see it right now. We won't see another one till week 11 now. So we'll keep our eyes on it. Uh, let's take a look at the other side of the football with the Falcons offense against the Rams defense. The Falcons offense, I mean, as far as the ground game goes, that is pulling up their averages as they are currently a top 10 offense. The Rams 25th in defense, uh, just not being able to slow down that Buffalo Bills team. Passing the football, though, the Falcons are 18th in the NFL on offense. The Rams 26th on defense. Running the ball, 201 for the Atlanta Falcons. That puts them in a top five spot as far as the league goes. And the Rams giving up that 121, that is 19th in the NFL. And points being scored, the Rams gave up 31, which is 29th in the NFL. And then uh, the Falcons did put up 26, that is tied for 7th. So overall, the, the, the Falcons offense did look decent. Uh, but let's keep in mind also these New Orleans Saints, we don't actually know who they are. So um, we don't know who anybody is, actually. I mean, it's only been one week. And... I mean, I picked the Broncos in my survivor league. We'll talk about that, but like, uh, it's kind of just, it, it feels like chaos and it was just a weird week one. It you almost felt like if you just picked teams at random, you would have done a better job in picks than if you actually had any kind of mindset into who you're picking, who and why, but that Atlanta Falcons offense did look powerful. It looks like they will be able to run the ball at least for most of the year. Uh, the Rams defense, they just looked slow and sloppy and soft. Um, and, and you don't want to see that when you have, Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, and Jalen Ramsey. There's no reason to, to have such a soft game plan, in my opinion. But again, that's what we saw last year with this defense starting really soft. And as the season went on, that's when they started to pick it up a little bit as far as the intensity goes. Um, but at a position too many times, uh, made it too, too many easy targets for Josh Allen. The Rams uh, defense starting set, starting soft again. Raheem, not over it. And I'm probably not going to be until we see it like a string of really good performances by this defense where we're not seeing guys super out of position or just blatant mismatches because it's just it's too many times that we see that kind of thing. We just can't have that. We even saw it in Green Bay that obviously has nothing to do with Raheem Morris. Uh, but there was there was one. I'm trying to even think now. Uh, Justin Jefferson was being covered by some linebacker. And I was like, what are they doing out here? You got Raheem over there, Green Bay. What are you doing? Uh, and then, uh, yeah, like I said, Stefan uh, Diggs being covered by Leonard Floyd on a third down. Just can't have that. Bobby Wagner, 
Uh, he wasn't as felt as I maybe expected him to be to start, but it was also his first game. So let's go ahead and zoom out here and and realize what we do have with Bobby Wagner is a guy who's now learning a new defense and learning new players. So I think that maybe my expectations of Bobby Wagner for week one were maybe a little too high simply because I think Bobby Wagner is absolutely incredible. So I expected him to be like an absolute game changer. I think it's going to take a little bit of time to, to get into that. Maybe we'll see that like week five or six, because let's also keep in mind that with the LA Rams not playing their starters in preseason, we have seen over the last few years and we've gotten lucky. Like last year we played the bears in week one. Uh, so we've gotten lucky with like kind of a, kind of a little bit of a, a, a cupcake schedule in NFL terms to, to start the season. And so I, We've also seen like this team really gets into their groove about week five or six. So that's that's when I will start really judging people, except for Taylor Rapp, who I will judge forever, I think, because because <laughs> that's just who I am. Uh, I, I don't know if you have uh, information on on rap where you're like, you know what? You're missing this. He does this really well. Please let me know, because I don't see it at all. Anyway, we would take another quick break here. On the other side, we are going to talk about the rest of the West and a quarterback that the Rams were eyeballing this offseason that ended up going back to his former team. That's all coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is Ram Showcase. I am your host, Sheriff Joe Bags. Let's go ahead and hop into the rest of the West. What those other three dweebs are up to. We will start with the Arizona Cardinals, who did get absolutely torched by the Kansas City Chiefs, 44 to 21 as your final score. So the Atlanta Falcons, or excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals starting their season really hot. Uh, that looks like it is not necessarily the case right now. Uh, so the Cardinals defense, they got just absolutely embarrassed out there. Patrick Mahomes with his five touchdowns answered a lot of questions there. But this Arizona Cardinals team has a lot of questions of their own. And the 0-1 Cardinals will now head to Vegas to take on the six-point favored Las Vegas Raiders uh, in the Death Star. So that'll be an interesting game to to watch. Of course, the the Raiders, uh, they had a really good game against the the Chargers. That was at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. Uh, But obviously, uh, I think the Raiders are a better football team than the Arizona Cardinals. But I've been kind of down on the Cardinals this year. There's just something about them kind of limping into the season. They're a little bit beat up. They got, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. You had Kyler Murray, whose previous game was that that playoff game to the Rams and just didn't really play well in that one. Uh, just doesn't really have that uh, that energy right now. So uh, maybe he'll get that back. But as for now, I don't think the Arizona Cardinals are necessarily a big threat in uh, the NFC. Let's move to the San Francisco 49ers. It is uh, hard to assess them simply due to the weather, but they do fall to Chicago by two scores. And overall, I think everybody kind of had the understanding that the 49ers had just a better roster than the Chicago Bears. So that's kind of an interesting uh, outcome of that game as as Justin Fields looked looked fine. And uh, Trey Lance, uh, he had... A few plays where you're like, okay, uh, I okay, he's athletic, and then you had, he had some throws, and you're like, yeah, he has, he's still a rookie, like he has no idea, like, of course he's not a rookie, but he is a rookie. I mean, he's played in how many football games in the last like three years? Uh, so he's super inexperienced, super raw right now. Um, I don't know how much to expect from Trey Lance. I kind of thought that we would see his athleticism pop early, and then once teams got some tape on him, that uh, that that would start to slow down, but. When you deal with that kind of weather, it's just impossible to 
to assess that. But Trey Lance, he did look extremely pedestrian. There's nothing about his play where you're like, whoa, this guy's going to be good. Like there was nothing that popped out like that. Uh, everything that he did was kind of like, okay, well, maybe he'll get better. Like, you know, like that was kind of the whole vibe of the entire thing. And it's already starting conversations about Jimmy Garoppolo. And at what point do you get forced into playing Jimmy? Because you got it from a few different angles here. You have the media who is eventually going to sit here and say stuff like Trey Lance is clearly not the guy. You have a guy who's brought you to two NFC championship games and a Super Bowl. How about you just go ahead and play him? You also got the fans who are going to be saying the same exact thing. But like, what about this guy, though, who's, you know, literally played well for us before? And then you also have the roster, the team, the players who are going to be sitting there. Maybe the defense is sick of getting the getting put back on the field after three plays multiple times in a row. And they're like, you know what? This guy, he can keep the ball moving. He can keep uh, keep those chains moving down the field. So uh, how about we maybe do that? And and at what point does that become too much pressure where you just need to do it? And then you have to backpedal on all the comments that you had about Trey Lance, where he's the guy now and all this stuff. And then now you just play Jimmy. And then, well, then what do you do with Trey? Just trade him, I guess. T-R-E-Y-D, trade? I don't know. But uh, this is going to be, uh, I love the fact that uh, being an opposing fan of the, the 49ers right now, uh, like being a fan of a team that is their rival, it, I'm eating this up right now because this is great. Uh, this is an absolute disaster. And I'm here for all of it because the 49ers are clearly not doing things right at this time. And uh, they have botched their quarterback situation already. They've botched it. Uh, they can fix it. But right now it is actively being botched. We are we are watching the botch. We're on botch watch. <laughs> and uh, we'll see what happens as far as the, the 49ers go in this quarterback position. Now, we'll also talk about that here in just one second. But Seattle uh, or San Francisco does host the Seattle Seahawks this week and uh, open as nine point favorites. Of course, that is shifting. Um, I the, the Rams are, were 11 point favorites when I wrote all this out. Uh, now it's down to 10 and a half. So uh, the lines are fluid, but uh, either way, it's a big favorites for uh, the Niners over the Seattle Seahawks. Speaking of the Seattle Seahawks, the Denver Broncos played so poorly that Seahawks fans are going to think that they're good for this week. And that's you, that just can't happen. You can't you just can't have it. You can't have the, the, the Seattle Seahawks fans out here thinking that they're decent with Geno Smith, who did play well. I will give him that credit. He did have a good game. But let's also not pretend like Nathaniel Hackett didn't absolutely blow it and show massive amounts of incompetence. If you give me the choice to have Russell Wilson on fourth and five or Brandon McManus kicking a 64 yard field goal at 16 feet of elevation, give me Russell Wilson 10 out of 10 times. I'm not even going to think about it. McMahon or uh, Nathaniel Hackett, though. Not on the same page as Sheriff Joe Baggs uh, or many other fans who were watching this game being like, what are you doing, dude? So either way, um, I I did pick the the Denver Broncos in my uh, my Survivor League simply because I thought that Nathaniel Hackett had a baseline of competence when it comes to like game situations. And I was wrong. I was wrong. I have money on the Denver Broncos to win that division. I'm cashing out. Right now, because Nathaniel Hackett is not going to be that guy for them this year. And that division is too damn good to be making like to, to just be ruining the game on your own. You got to let them beat you. You can't just beat yourself, Nathaniel. Come on, man. Um, so, uh, yeah, Seattle didn't do anything uh, partic like particularly great. Although I like I said, I got a credit to Geno Smith. Uh, he he did play well. Um, he was reading pressure really well and he didn't he didn't screw it up. 
and he was laying some some passes in there that were solid. And yeah, yeah, just that's that's the way it is. And Seattle, uh, they do hit the road for their first division game of the season as they do take on the Niners in Santa Clara in week two. All right, and we will wrap up with this story here uh, that the the Rams and Jimmy Garoppolo. Taylor's oldest. Um, uh, it's it's one of those weird situations where uh, apparently there were some communications happening, and there was some interest between Jimmy G and the L.A. Rams if he were to become a free agent, which never happened. And first, the the word tampering comes up here in this conversation. This is not tampering. Um, the the team, the San Francisco 49ers, had given Jimmy Garoppolo permission to seek a trade. And in those conversations, what you're also allowed to do is like, well, we don't want to trade for you necessarily, but if you become a free agent, man, like we, we, we will talk. That's not tampering. It's, it's not, it's not tampering if you're, if you give him permission to go talk to other teams. So that already, um, I saw a bunch of stuff on that. Uh, no, it's just not, it's simply not tampering. Um, and second, uh, what does this mean? What? What does this mean that the Rams were interested in Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, does this mean that the Rams don't trust Matthew Stafford? I, I don't know if that's necessarily it. Um, maybe they would rather have better depth than Wolf or Perk. That stands to reason. I don't think that either of those guys would necessarily uh, bring the Rams very far if they were the starting quarterback. So Jared Goff is better than both of those guys. So. Uh, I don't think that um, that that that's out of the question that they maybe just wanted some better depth there. Um, but it also begs the question, do the Rams know more about Matthew Stafford's elbow than they are letting on? And am I the only one getting Todd Gurley vibes with this topic? Because when Todd Gurley was a Los Angeles Ram and he started having that arthritis in his knee issue, the team kept telling us, the fans, everything's good. He feels great. He's good to go. He has no limitations. He's fine. And then they wouldn't play him or he would get six carries in a game for, you know, 12 yards. And then other guy, Malcolm Brown's getting the bulk of the carries. And they would keep saying, uh, no, it's just, the, it's just the way that the game was, was, was going. It's uh, no, Todd, Todd Gurley's fine. And then the second the season's over. All right, peace, Todd. It's been real, man. Like, <laughs> what? So, uh, am I the only one that kind of gets those shades on this this situation as well? That maybe this team knows that Stafford's elbow is a little bit more jacked up than maybe we had believed, uh, but they're telling us, no, he's fine. He's good to go. No limitations. He feels great. He feels better than he did last year. We heard all the same stuff with Todd Gurley. All of the same stuff. All of the reports with Todd Gurley were that he was fine, good to go. All the reports with Matthew Stafford that he's fine. He's good to go. But the performance on the field says one thing. And the the story of the Rams wanting Jimmy Garoppolo, odd timing on the report or on the release of that report. Um, that also begs the question, do the Rams maybe try to make a trade? And uh, I don't know. I don't know what's happening here, but there is some weird stuff going on because the timing of this this article coming out or this 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 information coming out. That's always critical. You always have to look at the timing of these reports as well. So um, to want any kind of insurance at the quarterback position, that tells us something. The fact that they 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 wanted some more insurance at the quarterback position tells me and tells us 
that they didn't think that Matthew Stafford could maybe make it through the, the whole season. Maybe that's what they're telling us. But if you feel like your quarterback is good to go and that you're fine and you like your backups, why do you want that insurance? Time will be the ultimate storyteller in this situation, though. We will have to just see how it all unfolds. Will Jimmy G, will he be the next Rams quarterback? We don't know yet. Be interesting to watch. All right. That is going to do it for me. Make sure you follow the Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media. That would be at Ram Showcase, Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow myself as well at Sheriff Joe Bags just about everywhere. Um, we also, I started a link tree thing. I saw that on somebody's profile. I was like, that's kind of cool. So I started that. Um, that is up on my Instagram page. You can check out. Um, uh, I'm, I'm loading it up still, uh, but we're getting all that going. Make sure you uh, reach out to AJ so you can purchase a Rams Showcase t-shirt. We got the Atlanta Falcons this weekend. Going to be one heck of a game. Payo time is uh, going to the game and has had awesome uh, vlogs that he's doing as his time in Los Angeles. The Canadian in LA. I absolutely love it. Man, that's super cool. Uh, seeing him out there he just he looks so stoked to be out there so he's gonna have an awesome time going to sofi stadium this sunday if you are going to sofi stadium hey feel free to send in some photos because i absolutely love that stuff it's super fun so that is gonna do it for me though that is my time thank you so much for hanging out with me for those of you who are not rams fans our thoughts and prayers are with you for those of you who are rams fans thank you so much for watching and go rams 